Each year, more than 260,000 women die of cervical cancer, most of them in low- or middle-income countries, despite the fact that we've successfully reduced the incidence of cervical cancer in wealthier parts of the world. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Jose Geronimo, Senior Advisor for Women's Cancers with the Reproductive Health Program at PATH in Seattle. Dr. Geronimo has co-authored a perspective article on approaches to tackling cervical cancer worldwide. Dr. Geronimo, you write in your article that we know from experience that proven methods like pap smear, colposcopy, and biopsy aren't always feasible in poorer countries. Why is that? Hi, good morning. One of the problems we have with the conventional methods for cervical cancer screening and diagnosis and treatment is the dependence on technologies that are quite old and not that accurate anymore. Just to give you an example, for many, many years in the developed countries, countries with resources, we have done pap smear. Assuming that that was a good test, and I'm sure if you discuss with women about how much they trust on pap smear, almost everybody's going to tell you that it's a fantastic test. But then when you start to look at the details of the test and how much really that test uh, detects, uh, is where you start to find the problem. Now we know that even here in the United States, uh, the pap smear detects basically just half of the cases of precancer. In Seattle, here in the city where I live, there is data showing that just half of the cases of pre-cancer have a positive result in the pap smear, and the other half go home thinking that they are okay. And the only reason a pap smear works in rich countries is because it was repeated multiple times years over years. That's not a good strategy for country where the resources are much more limited. We need some options that could be easier to implement, much more accurate, and that you can do basically very few times in the women's life. And that's something that we don't get with pap smear. That's why we need new strategies, new technologies. So in that regard, you mentioned visual inspection with acetic acid, which allows trained health workers to spot cervical cancer, or at least cervical abnormalities, with a speculum exam. How effective is that? Yes, that's a great question, because when we started to work on visual inspection, one of the questions we had from the providers was, okay, why should I use that if I have pap smear? And our answer was, okay, there are several reasons why visual inspection looks better than pap smear. First is that you can have the result in basically one or two minutes. When you take a pap smear in many countries, it can take months to just receive the result. With a visual inspection, you have the result in one or two minutes. The other advantage is that it's a quite simple method, and you can make the decision right away. You find something abnormal in the cervix, and you can just right away do education to the patient and advise the patient about any treatment that is required. Now, how many cases or how sensitive this new visual inspection is, we always say that it's at least as good as pap smear. When I was trained on visual inspection almost 20 years ago, I was quite resistant to incorporate the method in my own practice in Peru when I was in Peru at that time. But then I started to practice visual inspection by myself. We found that in a study we published in years ago that even in the National Cancer Institute in Peru, in the main cancer institute in Peru, visual inspection detected more than pap smear. 
that's the reality. We are having better results with visual inspection compared to pap smear. That's why we recommend visual inspection in places where there is still not possible to implement new technologies like the human papillomavirus. Are there other promising new technologies for detecting cervical cancer in low-resource areas? Yes. We can detect that. The human papillomavirus is the virus that is related to cervical cancer. Now we know that there is no cervical cancer if you don't have the virus. That means that the virus is required. It's not enough. There are other factors, but the virus is required for developing pre-cancer and cancer. That means also that if you detect what women are infected with the virus, you know what women are at risk, and you can evaluate them and you can treat them. And at the same time, you know that a woman is not infected with the virus. You know that she's pretty safe for the next 10 to 20 years, and you can just postpone the next screening of that woman for several years with quite safety for her. This new technology for detecting the virus becoming much more affordable. There are several countries in Central America implementing a much cheaper portable technology for detecting the virus. And the other huge advantage of this new technology is that can be done with a vaginal sample self-collected by women. What that means is that a woman can use a small brush that comes with a test and go to any private area in their own homes or in any place, can go to a private room and introduce that brush in the vagina and self-collect a sample. And that sample is enough for doing the screening. And we are using that strategy in Central America in multiple countries, and it's highly acceptable. It's many, many women are accepting to do that. That means that it's faster, can be done even at home, can be done at any time of the day where women have the time to do it. There are several advantages of using this new strategy. Are there lessons from this work in cervical cancer prevention that can be applied to the prevention of other cancers or other diseases in low-income countries? Yeah, I would say that one of the main general lessons is that the simpler the strategy you implement the better in the way that it's going to be much easier to do a population-based screening program if the technologies that you are using are simple and affordable. To give you the example of the self-collection, that's an extremely simple way to collect the sample. You don't need to have a pelvic evaluation. You don't need a speculum. You don't need a doctor or midwife trained on doing the pelvic evaluation. You don't need anything else. It's just a small brush and the education for women to self-collect the sample. You see that the method for the collection of the sample gets simpler, much simpler, and feasibility of implementing that in the national program increases significantly. The other learning is that we have now new technologies that are making our life much easier and better in every aspect of our life, in our homes, in communication, cellular phones. You have many new technologies. And we have also to incorporate those new technologies in the medical field. Pap smear has been used for 50 years or so, and it's a quite obsolete method. And we have now new technology for doing much better work in a simpler way. So finally, as with many other health problems in low-income countries, a major barrier to preventing cervical cancer is the overall weakness of the healthcare system in these countries. How can resources best be directed toward the kind of system-wide improvement that will help with this problem and with other problems? 
That's a really good question because that emphasizes the fact that new technologies or new tests is going to facilitate the process, but it's not going to solve the problem if we don't have a better system to use the technology and to follow the patients that need to be followed and treated. Your question is very relevant because now we have to dedicate time and effort in improving the system for following the patients, for example, the RHPV positive, the patients that need to be treated. The health information system in the country, in many, most of the countries, are very weak. There is not an easy way to identify women who need to be followed and tracked and be sure that she completes the whole treatment. And I envision that the new technologies, tablets and computers are going to be a good tool that we need to explore. And actually, there are several groups trying to incorporate these mobile technologies for having a stronger system for tracking women that need to be treated and just and being sure that they complete the whole process for treatment of the precancer lesions. I would say that the learnings are that we need to have a stronger health information systems in the countries in order to not only secure the treatment of women, but also to use our care resources in the best way. I would say that technologies are going to be critical for improving the systems. Thank you, Dr. Geronimo.